NFR Extra follows all your favorite cowboys, interviews legends of rodeo, and talks to the best of country music. Follow Nevada Caldwell, Ryland Bentley, and Steve Godert every week as they delve deep into the stories behind the road to gold in Vegas at the National Finals Rodeo. It's revealing, comedic, and sometimes emotional. Find it on Spotify or anywhere you listen to podcasts. NFR Extra, all dirt, all rodeo, all year. NFR Extra, episode 56. The WPRA, a.k.a. the Women's Pro Rodeo Association, used to be called the GRA, the Girls Rodeo Association, from when it started in 1948, until a much more appropriate name change came in 1981. The Women's Pro Rodeo Association sounds so much better. That's right, and the payout back then was $29,000 with only 74 original members. But the difference is their payout today is well over $5 million and more than 600-plus sanctioned events and 3,000-plus members. What a great growth. Our guest today navigates that ship. We are talking to the WPRA president, Doreen Wintermute. We're discussing all things WPRA, the impact of the pandemic, PRCA and Cowboy Channel, and every barrel racer's favorite topic, the dirt. Plus, a lot more. But up next, Brylan Bentley's Rodeo News of the Week. This is Brylan's Bull, the Rodeo News of the Week. 690,915 is the combined payout of 10 pro rodeo competitions held across the U.S. July 6th through the 12th. There was a standing shuffle with so much money up for grabs. 31 pro rodeo athletes cashed in to advance within the top 15 of their respective events in the PRCA. The pro rodeo tour finale is moving locations and changing dates. It will take place September 23rd through the 26th in Rapid City, South Dakota. The committee in Wall, South Dakota wasn't about to cancel their inaugural year as a PRCA rodeo. The Wall celebration marked their first year as a PRCA rodeo and included WPRA breakaway roping as a featured event as well. The rodeo drew top names across the board, but none larger in the Badlands circuit than the Lockhart family. Each year at Cowboy Christmas, more than a quarter million country western shoppers mingle with NFR contestants, Flint Rasmussen, and the best junior cowboys and cowgirls in the world. There's no place in sports where your rodeo heroes find time to meet and greet their fans 9 to 5 every day. Cowboy Christmas. It's shopping, live music, rodeo, and so much more. Book your reservations and find out more at NFRExperience.com. Cowboy Christmas. It's all here. Hi, I'm Nellie Miller, world champion barrel racer, and this is NFR Extra. It takes passion, perseverance, and a tremendous amount of experience in the rodeo and Western lifestyle to direct an organization like the Women's Professional Rodeo Association. From the age of 15, Doreen Wintermute has been living the rodeo lifestyle, barrel racing from the suburbs of New York City to working with fashion icons Ralph Lauren and Jeffrey Bean. She worked her way up one circuit at a time to learn every facet of the rodeo business to become the CEO of the WPRA. Doreen shares her journey, development of the WPRA, challenges of the pandemic, and what the future holds for women in pro rodeo. Welcome to NFR Extra, Doreen Wintermute. Thank you for having me. How are you doing right now? How are you? What's going on with you? How are you doing during this time? Well, you know what? I can only say for myself, I've been extremely, extremely just as busy as I am in a regular world, except I'm learning how to do it different. Um, I've been doing meetings on Zoom. I've been working really hard. Um, We've been working towards moving this industry into the positive position as much as we can. Um, And, you know, being in board meetings weekly, uh, working with my board. So, Honestly, my workload has not changed. I had to change how to do it. Mm-hmm. And it does feel very, very different. Um, I'm mindful going outside. I'm mindful with my families. Uh, we're all uh, communicate together on how things are during the day. And 
So, you know, there's a lot to be said for how we have to learn how to do things different and get different results. That's all. During, where are you doing things differently? Are you at the ranch? Like, how's that working? I mean, you, do you have your own ranch and do you, are you working from there? Or? We do. We have our own ranch. Um, and I, um, I've been actually working from home. The only thing different I do have to say also is I haven't been traveling as much. I choose not to. So um, I do want to feel safe and healthy and my family's healthy. And so I work, I work 24 seven actually uh, with the WPRA and uh, I work in my office. I've worked very closely with our office who's stationed out of Colorado Springs. Um, and we are daily in meetings all day long and communicating with, to the best of our ability. So that's what I do. I ride as well. Um, and I, uh, so that's my pleasure. Um, we, we live seven miles from the ocean in Florida. So we do, we do get to, uh, do our boating and do other things on a Sunday or a day of family. So that's pretty much, I'd rather be out in the ocean than anywhere on this, in the, in, on land, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, you on that. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes total sense. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's uh I, i'm kind of curious uh having read a little bit about your background is you're from new york originally so can you kind of give us a little bit of your background and how you ended up to where you're at now of being the president of the wpra sure um my bra- i come from a very small little island called staten island uh we grew up on a farm we had horses um and it was a world that was only a ferry and a bridge away from New York City, the big city. We could see it from a part of the island when this at night when the city when the city opens up their lights, you know, when it's it was just amazing. But however, um, we uh, we always had horses. Uh, that was our, our foundation um, uh, in our world. So, with that said, um, I went from uh, from riding and 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 school and everything growing up uh, to the big city of New York, going to college in the fashion industry and uh, working my way towards some of my goals of um, in the, in the fashion world. So I happened to move to New York city and uh, I kicked my spurs off and I spent many, many years learning the fashion industry, traveling the world, doing um, working very closely with Ralph Lauren and the many other uh, fashion designers in the world. And, and it was quite the experience for me. That's what I wanted to do. That was my goal. And after I was done with that, I, I said, I'm going back to barrel racing. Um, that's my foundation. That's my love. And I love the sport so much. Um, I was able to actually win Madison Square Garden and run in Madison Square Garden at the rodeo. It was the most exciting invigorating feeling it's almost like i don't know what it feels like to run at the nfr uh in las vegas but to me that's what that felt like and um so my goals were always to um to learn this learn uh, an education in what i loved which was fashion and then i um, moved out of new york city um uh, to florida and I kept barrel racing and I, um, I started out in the WPRA when it was a GRA, Girls Rodeo Association. It wasn't even WPRA at the time. So I kept, uh, I kept my foot in, in the barrel racing world, in the rodeo world and, and kept going. I moved to Florida. Um, we, we, I got married and we, we built a farm, a ranch and, um, and, and there you go. I became a director 11 years ago for the Southeastern Circuit. Um, and I grew uh, learning about what is the inside of the WPRA feel like? Uh, what does it feel like to help give back to the sport that I love so much? So I thought working for it would help give back to what I've enjoyed so much that gave me. So with that said, that grew into putting a rodeo on. I wanted to learn about how do you put a rodeo on? I did that. I have a really amazing rodeo called Indian Town Rodeo. 
that I started with a group. And it is a, it's a really very, very, very uh, profitable rodeo. And it's great. And the, the contestants, the membership love it. PRCA and WPRA love it. And with that said, I just wanted to learn how do you, all the moving parts of rodeo. And obviously my goal was here I am sitting in a CEO position that needed to know those things. Because without knowing that, it's very hard to do the job that I have to do every day. <laughs> so um, all the moving parts, if that makes sense, um, really worked with my education in the sport itself. So that's how I got here. <laughs> so Doreen, I, let's go back to the, the fashion stuff because you're unique within this business, right? Like you broke, I mean, you know, I, I've, I read, listened, podcast the interview, you know, how important it was that, you know, I grew up a, a a New York city girl, as Steve was talking about, you know, coming from New York and um, a little bit different, right. From what we're used to in this business. And then you go, what is it? Uh, the fashion street uh, school that you go to and hang out with, you know, the likes of Ralph Lauren and Jeffrey Bean, stuff like that. But how has that correlated to your executive level today for the rodeo business? I mean, you were around some pretty prominent folks and in New York, that's, that's the, you know, the, the top dogs as far as that goes. How, how is that correlated to what you your decision-making today and the things that you're doing? It does correlate. Um, everything has a, the background of what I've done, I'm doing again, but in just a different, a different product, put it that way. Hmm. When I, 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 I didn't express earlier to you, but when I moved to uh, Florida, I opened retail stores, women's retail stores. And they were very successful, I had seven of them. And what I did was, is I used my knowledge from what I've done in New York to that. I was able to build a, a, a good um, uh, retail store base and I sold them at the highest level. I retired at that time early in my uh, early forties, I think it was. And then I went and I kept, I kept, wanting to continue to use what I use out of the education from New York. And I ran my husband's business, which is home electronics. And I started a design department of designing theaters in homes because that's what he does. He's got engineers. He does audio video in the highest levels of homes. And we, I turned into a design department there. So why I'm saying that is that my knowledge out of New York tend to be able to use it in many other ways. And I just took that into a place like the sport of rodeo. And the WPRA is made up a little bit different. We have a board of directors that really is has the power to speak for the membership. And it's designed a little different, but it gives me more of the ability to work in the behind the scenes with the many, like you said, with the many good high level people in this industry, which we have many, um, you know, Houston and Calgary and and uh, San Antonio and PRCA and all the many high level um, executives that I sit with and I'm able to work together with. And that's part of partnership uh, with, with our sport. And the WPRA, as you guys know, it's been in business since 1948. You know, we're the only women's organization that's the oldest in the world. So you have to have, it, it feels like, and I'm so proud of it, it feels like it's a, it's at the highest level of, of this sport. So how, you know, I can only bring what I've learned to this, to what we're doing today. So if yeah, that you, help, if that answers your question. Yeah, it totally does. And I mean, you're talking about, you know, the Girls Rodeo Association, which is just not, I, man, I hear that name and I'm like, ooh. That doesn't sound good, right? And then somewhere around eighty-one, it switches to the to the women's right pro rodeo side. And you know, you're talking about thousands of dollars you guys were giving out today. And now you're, you know, once again, you were dealing with high end industry guys with with the design side, millions of dollars. Here you are, you're dealing with millions of dollars. You're paying out to all these contestants, so totally makes sense. Absolutely. Dealing with all of those partnerships and relationships throughout all of this, how have you found? 
managing those relationships with your membership during this time of COVID? You know, the memberships, the membership has been really the voices of the membership is our board of directors. And when I, when I currently and have been since I've been in this position, work very, very closely with the board of directors. And that was always my main goal because through me, through them goes to the membership. I do get calls a lot from a lot of members uh, over the weekends. Uh, it doesn't matter what time of day. I live in Florida, so uh, the West Coast will call me at 12 midnight, 1 in the morning. <laughs> and sometimes it's, it's, it's okay, and I feel the honored and the respect to them to be able to help them um, and do the best that I can as far as customer service to be uh, a part of them because that's who I am, a barrel racer as well. I'm not anything more than just the barrel racer too. And I don't want to say that I'm at a level where I wouldn't, would not ever answer a call or return a phone call from my membership. So the members, <clears throat> there's so many, I mean, at this point, we are, at, we hit the highest level of membership in our history of the WPRA. Wow. And it, and it's, and I'm, I'm extremely proud of that. And, you know, with my team, my team is amazing. They're strong women. They, um, we work extremely hard. We strive to have the best strength financially. We're at the strongest uh, level um, at, at, as an association at this point. Um, so with all that said, it took a lot of hard work to get here. And I, I do believe I couldn't do it without my team. I couldn't do it without who, who, who the board of directors are today. I give them a lot of credit for their communication with the membership. So um, I think, honestly, that, uh, that goes a long way. It really does. Um, so When you talk about reaching the highest level of membership that you've had, what kind of numbers are you discussing? Um, over 3000 members. Wow. So does that, is that, in, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, it, 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 uh, it, 3000 members of, of all events of all events. So of all events yes. did, is there different levels of that for, uh, like the juniors or is that all combined into one, uh, one total number? Yes, sir. We have, <clears throat> The WPRA is made up of barrel racing, which took a very long time for us to get to where we are today. Uh, we have breakaway roping. We have uh, team roping, tied down roping. We have a fraternity derby for the young horses to condition into a higher level. We have juniors. Um, and, and what we do to have the growth and the development of the WPRA is we offer many, many different opportunities for our membership. And that is the key to have the growth of and the volume of membership because there's many different ways that you can reach your goals and the dreams. So, you know, we have <clears throat> divisional circuit finals We've got circuit finals. We have junior finals. We have a world finals. We have NFR finals. We have tour finals. We have so many different opportunities and finger uh, feeders for them to be able to reach their goals. Like I said, my NFR was winning Madison Square Garden, I want to say, or running in down the Houston Alley way, um, I was able to reach that goal. I was able to reach running at San Antonio. I was able to reach those things. Those are goals that we all um, strive for. So there are opportunities for everybody. And that's what grows the membership. Let's pause right there with Doreen Wintermute. And after the break, Doreen talks about the importance of youth rodeo for young girls and the WPRA partnership with the PRCA. In 2020, more than 7,000 kids will compete for the coveted 750 spots at the Junior World Finals in Las Vegas, presented by Yeti. 
Each qualifier will go head-to-head -head for more than a half a million dollars in a championship buckle in the biggest rodeo youth event in the country. This could be the first stop on the road to a pro rodeo car in a gold buckle in Vegas. Find out how your son or daughter can earn the right to compete against the best at the Junior World Finals, presented by Yeti. To celebrate the 35th anniversary of the National Finals Rodeo in Las Vegas, LVE and PRCA present the top 35 most memorable moments. World champion barrel racer Mary Walker has experienced life's highest highs and lowest lows. In April of 2000, Mary and her 1981 world champion steer wrestling husband Byron lost their only child, up-and-coming rodeo star Reagan Walker, in a tragic road accident. A month later, Fade stepped in when the Walkers bought a bay horse named Percolatin'. They called him Latte for short, and he was just what the doctor ordered. In the early goings of their partnership, Mary and Latte had a serious wreck that resulted in Mary suffering injuries that took months to recover from. But the comeback was magic. Mary and Latte qualified for her first NFR in 2012, and they caught fire, winning rounds one, two, three, and seven, and placed in four more rounds. They cashed checks in eight out of 10 rounds, setting a then NFR barrel racing earnings record and also finishing second in the average. With Byron cheering them on every step of the way from the stands, Mary and the 2012 Barrel Racing Horse of the Year Latte came from behind to win that year's world title and Ram Top Gun Award. It's just her time right now. Yeah, it is, a world champion, what a story. Mary was inducted into the National Cowgirl Museum and Hall of Fame in 2013. I'm Sherry Servey, and this is NFR Extra. We are sitting down with Doreen Wintermute from the WPRA. Working with fashion icons of New York wasn't the only success she had in the Big Apple. She won at Madison Square Garden, competing in barrel racing and the GRA. How about uh, since the Junior World Finals, I know that we've had, um, there's multiple qualifications for that. Was it, at the, at the time, was it pertinent for all of those young girls that were striving to be in those qualifiers to be members of the WPRA, or did that come later on? No, they, they actually strive to be members of the WPRA, and why I say that is my mom is a member. I'm making this up, and I'm a junior girl. I want to be like my mom. I want to be a WPRA member. That's an opportunity that we give to them. Um, I also back when I was a director, really kind of paved the path and, and grew the junior program with the WPRA. And I was able to put WPRA juniors into some of the smaller rodeos around our country. It was the biggest thing for the juniors to be in front of fans and feel like that they were big. Because when I was young, I was 15 and 16 years old. Um, back in the day to be able to be a WPRA member, we had to cut that off um, back in, uh, I'm not sure how many years back, but our ages is 18 and over now and 18 and 17 and younger is juniors now. But back then, I mean, uh, Fallon Taylor was a junior running at the NFR. Um, Brittany, uh, I'm sorry, um, not Brittany, but Lindsay Hayes, Lindsay Hayes was a, a 15-year-old at the NFR back in the days. So when you think about that, how, how awesome it is and how things have changed, but our juniors are really so happy to be a part of the highest level in rodeo with the WPRA. Being a part of so many building blocks throughout your life. I mean, the fashion industry, juniors getting involved, making so many changes. What is one of the things that you feel you're most proud of? Oh, gosh, uh, Ryland, that is a good question, because I every day I think about what is my next thing to be proud of, right? <laughs> what is the next thing I could do to beat something else that I just, you know, what we work hard for? <clears throat> I'm extremely proud of where this organization is today. Without, again, without the team, we wouldn't be here. I'm very, very proud to be able to get the WPRA a part of the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame. That to me was extremely a big milestone. I always dreamt of that. 
And we worked very, very hard to be there. And I'm very proud of that. Um, <clears throat> I want to say, um, I, I, uh, yeah, the junior program, uh, I want to say I'm proud of the agreement that we put together with the PRCA, um, moving forward with them, my relationship with the partnership with the PRCA um, is fantastic. You know, we work together, we communicate together. Uh, these things are just milestones for us. And the, and the exciting part, which I, I really wanna get to is how we have two events in rodeo and that's the breakaway roping. It's been a huge, huge, and keep in mind guys, breakaway roping, we've been at this for many, many, many years. And I can't even tell you how many years. But I always saw, and we always saw, that there was going to be something, our goals were to have a second event in rodeo somehow, some way. And uh, we were able to, and for many years, we've been crowning, many, many years, we've been crowning a breakaway rope and champion for many years. So it's not like we are, it's new to us, but what's new to us and we're so proud of is to have it in rodeo and have it in, in second event in rodeo. And, and that to me is another milestone for this organization. So um, I, I, could, I can only say those are all the things that I think is, is really exciting um, for the WPRA. And again, how do I keep topping that? How do, we, how do we continue to keep going? Well, our team is really striving to just keep trying to find the next right thing, right? So <laughs> being a breakaway roper, I will say it is very exciting getting to start watching it at the pro rodeos and at those bigger industries, even though it's been going on for so long at our other rodeos, it's just fun to see it on a bigger platform at this point. Um, exactly. Was there a challenge that has really just kind of stood out for you during this process, whether it was breakaway roping, working with the PRCA, or even, you know, getting juniors more involved? Um, you know, the challenges are always, oh my gosh, I can't even tell you, there's always going to be a challenge in this sport. There's nothing that comes easy, <laughs> nothing. And I think, honestly, um, again, having a team to do it is what makes it, you know, uh, the moving pieces of this sport, there's so many moving pieces. Those are the challenges. The challenges are to what is the next thing we can do that's best for a committee, for a contractor, for our sponsors? How do we get our sponsors into um, many different ways to grow their business as well as partners? Um, so there's many challenges that come along with not only with the breakaway roping, but with the other events that we have too. Um, a lot of it is, 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 you know, having the fraternity derbies, um, is, is really exciting because those are young horses that most of the ladies are training to get into the higher level, to condition them, to grow into, um, into you know, what, what you say, a higher level. So um, there's many challenges in this sport and we continue to work towards, towards that, so. I'd like to backtrack just a minute ago when you were talking about the partnership of the WPRA and the PRCA. Can you discuss the importance of that, not only for the one organizations, but for both of them coming together and working together? Oh my gosh, it's, it's been really, really great. Um, we uh, signed a new contract this year for six years and uh, we are partners with them in breakaway roping. Uh, they are uh, really doing, uh, working with us closely on uh, how to develop that and what other better partners to have in rodeo is the PRCA to do this with. Um, George and I have been, you know, our visions are the same. Uh, we ha uh, definitely work hard towards uh, communicating those things together. And, uh, but it's, it's, that's what part of rodeo is. We doing it together, being united this way as partners is the best way to be able to stay at the highest level that we're looking, you know, what we strive for. So our partnership 
is great. We continue to keep it strong. Um, and we're all in this together. This is, this is, you know, we are, we have our own governance, but that is what it should be. You know, we've, we've been doing this for a long time, but we're in the sport together and rodeo in a whole. Um, it's about rodeo um, and working together. So um, that's, you know, that's pretty much how it's been. Doreen, I, I got a question. Okay. It's, uh, you know, Brian brought up the word challenge. We're talking about partnerships in between there is sponsorship, which I always think is very unique. And how does that balance with this partnership? I mean, that, cause you get two organizations, but yet a lot of shared, you know, Brylan wears resist all hats. So does Steve just making it up. Not saying you guys do, but you know what I'm saying? Like, how does that, how do you balance that, that, that world? I mean, that's gotta be a little tricky, right? Well, well, you know what it is and it isn't the PRCA has more real estate in rodeo. We have real estate in other areas. We have co-approvals. We have um, so many other parts of our association that's unlike PRCA. So we have a um, we have a different and and unique. Um, we're made up differently than the PRCA. However, we're together in rodeo, and that that to me uh, brings light on. Yes, the Justins, the Resistals, the Wranglers, the, you know, Ram, they're all our title sponsors of Rodeo. So we are together in that. But our, our, uh, our other sponsors that we have great partnership with, um, we, we are able to work with them in other areas of the association, which is awesome. And, uh, and I, I'll tell you the truth, working with uh, the PRCA, being partners with the PRCA, being partners with Cowboy Channel, being partners with uh, Las Vegas events. I mean, think about that. It's, it's, it, we couldn't have ha- asked. We're so grateful to be able to be partners with all of them because that means the bigger picture and sponsors, we're all under the same umbrella as you say. So it's not really challenging. We offer our sponsors in a different packages. Um, so yeah, when you mentioned co-approvals and co-sanction, could you kind of explain that? Cause not everyone may understand how the WPRA has so many events. Sure. Um, our sanctioning, uh, events are rodeo, rodeo only. And we sanction close to, on a normal year, (laughs) close to 600 rodeos or 600 plus rodeos, I should say, a year. We have what you call co-approvals. When we co-approve, we tack on to a producer that puts a single separate event on. Either it's a bell racing event, either it's a a breakaway roping event, uh, fraternity derby event, those are co-approved. That means that um, we, they don't go by our rules. Uh, we just co-approve so that the member can earn dollars to uh, either uh, uh, earn money towards their permit, to get their cards, to be able to run in a different level for a circuit. Um, we call circuit uh, DC, a divisional circuit finals. So that's a whole different standings um, for the membership. And that's what I say that that feeds more par- uh, partnership and sponsors. That feeds a lot of other things. But our sanctioning body goes by our rules. Our rule book is what we're made of. And that's what the WPRA is, is, um, is a rule book. So, and it pretty much, that's our sanctioning bodies. It goes by our rules. I'm, so. I'm, I'm glad that Brylan asked that question because my research on you the other night, I was, my head was spinning with so many different caveats to circuits and yeah. just the, the ways that you could yeah. be applied as a member. And thank you, Brylan, for that question. <laughs> Time to take a break with the CEO of the WPRA, Doreen Wintermute. And when we return, we discuss with Doreen, Every barrel racer's favorite topic, dirt. 
One under 20 of the best cowboys and barrel racers rode into Las Vegas last December and left $10 million richer. The chase for 2020 has already begun, and all champions are hungry for gold. Be sure to follow your favorite cowboys, barrel racers, and local rodeos all season long. It all leads to one place, the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. Learn more at NFRExperience.com. This is the NFR. This is Vegas. Do you need a dose of social, a dash of insider info? Then the National Finals Rodeo Social Network is set up just for you. Get updates, insight, unique content, and much more on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. You can find us at Las Vegas NFR. And be sure to use hashtag WranglerNFR on your posts and tweets. There's something for all rodeo fans. This is the NFR. This is Vegas. Hi, I'm Haley Kinsel, and you're listening to NFR Extra. We are here with Doreen Wintermute, CEO of the WPRA. You, you just talked about the partnerships and briefly went over the Cowboy Channel, but can you discuss a little bit of the importance of having the Cowboy Channel uh, being part of this team of the PRCA and the WPRA? Oh my gosh, it's been uh, it's been wonderful. Um, the WPRA being on TV, um, having our brand out there at the highest level, is what we strive for all these years. And uh, Cowboy Channel has brought a lot of tension to that. Um, and we're just so grateful to have them a part of us. And, you know, through the PRCA, uh, we're, you know, we're a part of Rodeo. So the Cowboy Channel has really has grown um, to a whole different level for us uh, at this point. So we're just so grateful for that. How do you deal with the ideal, what's the ideal dirt for a bail racer at a rodeo, Doreen? Oh gosh. Well, <laughs> the best way I can, I can, and that is a tough question because I'm not an expert in dirt, but however, however, what we strive for, what our goals are is to have fairness and safetyness for all competitors, for all members of the association. And and there's times when I do believe that it is, you know, we have no control of what happens in the field, right? It is a tough sport. It's a risk sport. No matter what, you could be riding in your own backyard and still have an unsafe situation happens. So I, I brought it out to a different level for you because it really is not an easy uh, answer for that. But all we strive for is safe and fairness for all members of the WPRA. And um, that's really how I can explain that about dirt. <laughs> I hate dirt. <laughs> no, I, so. Dirt is a tricky subject that, I mean, as long as your horses can stand up and be safe, like you said, it's, it's one of those battles that sometimes you just can't win. So, but do you have to work with, you know, different, um, you know, different rodeo producers and how this is approached? I mean, it clearly, everything's different because you're in arena, you're, you're outside events. Like, how do you kind of do that? I mean, it just, you don't have to give a complete answer, but like, there's got to be some sort of meeting criteria that you do there. We have communication. Yes. Yes, sir. We have communication. Our directors work very diligently with their committees and the contractors. Um, we, we have rules in our rule book that applies to what happens on the ground. Um, and that's really, we go by our rules. The judges go by our rules. Um, if it's unsafe, there's a rule in there to change the, um, the, the ground conditions. Um, we strive, all of us, it takes a team to really make that happen because a horse can fall down and maybe trip or hurt themselves or step on themselves. It doesn't necessarily mean it's the ground. It could be just the situation. So there's a very fine line between how you determine what's ground, what's not. So the judges have a very tough time really making that judgment call. And I give the judges a lot of credit. Uh, they work really hard on trying to um, see what's safe and what's not safe. So uh, I do believe, you know, that that uh, our, our directors work closely. The other thing that we have done before is try to put in ground rules and and put in rules where 
you know, if it is unsafe, you drag between a performance, like you drag after five or you rake after five or you rake every, every girl, like you see uh, St. Antonio, uh, they rake after every single girl that runs. So those are the things that we look for, we strive for, we, we try to make fairness. And there's committees and contractors that work so hard at it and sometimes just don't get it, just can't get it done. Um, and it's not because they don't try. <laughs> so, um, well, you know, our fans, you know, during the rodeo, during NFR, so you know, myself and a few other teammates, we manage all the digital yeah. media and the communication side of things. And, um, uh-huh. you know, there's a lot of, lot of, uh, man, you know, dirt critics. Right. And it's just, you kind of, you try to try to walk away with, well, whatever they're saying isn't always correct to what needs to be done or it, it's just always interesting to, to say, just like this is in any, any platform of just, you have the, a lot of the critics of what it's supposed to be. And uh, apparently it's been pretty good the past couple of years. Cause on our social media side, it's been pretty quiet, which is a beautiful thing. Um, you know, fans are very happy with the dirt lately. So it's a good thing. <laughs> yes. well, it's, it's, it's funny sometimes too, cause you always assume that whoever has the fresh ground or right after the rake, they have the best advantage. But then sometimes you'll see a girl come in six or seven, you know, out of 10 and she lays down the fastest time. So there's a lot more variables than, than just that. But dirt's a dirty word. I mean, that's, you can, <laughs> you can upset a lot of people by saying dirt. Oh, that's right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> that is true. And it is a challenge. That is a big challenge for everybody involved. And uh, nobody wants to see someone get hurt. Honestly, they don't. And, and again, like I said before, it is a risk. It's a tough sport and it's your choice whether you want to run on that or not. And, you know, sometimes you just don't know. I mean, a horse, a horses have bad t- days too, you know, and, and sometimes the horse isn't on its best, in its best feelings or, and you don't know, you know, what can happen. And we always blame the dirt. And sometimes that isn't the case. Um, I'm working with a, very interesting. Well, actually, I've been discussing, uh, there's a lot of high technology. And um, there's a new wave of something coming forward in the future, that may help uh, many different ways, not only for dirt, but um, uh, given the opportunity, and I can't, I can't uh, really talk about, I don't have enough knowledge in it yet. But I think it's something for the future that we can consider um, uh, talking about in the future about how that, that would help, um, uh, horses being on the ground type of grounds, what a horse likes, doesn't like. Um, so there's, there's a company that, uh, we are going to be talking to around what that looks like. Um, so. Well, and I think a big thing on that, we should highlight that our girls and competitors throughout the world. I mean, they know what their horses are capable of. It's so crazy how close they are to their animals and to understand what horse likes what ground better and who's going to run in what arena better. I mean, it's amazing to see our horsemanship shine through. Oh my God. The horsemanship is amazing. These women are, are just so, and I'm proud. I I want to say this, this is really something very, very interesting that I've experienced in my lifetime. Back then, I, I had rode, um, I were uh, actually uh, traveled with Christy P- Peterson many, many years ago. She was a NFR uh, champion, and she used to run her horse with no shoes on, and she used to run her horse in the grass, in the deep dirt, hmm. in the hard grounds, in every single thing to condition her horse for every single um experience they're going to have in rodeo and i always thought that was just so amazing that she did that and you know like you said you get so connected with a horse to understand what's best and what's not best for them so um and sometimes mother nature doesn't help us with that Speaking of mother nature and weird things happening, how are the members dealing with the pandemic right now? You know, I think the members are doing the best that they can. I, I, under the conditions and what we have in front of us and 
how we're striving to give opportunity to our members. They're doing what I believe and I see is either working with the younger horses to bring them up condition if there's no rodeos happening in their area. Um, uh, they're able to do other things that they really wouldn't be doing because there's five rodeos on one weekend. Uh, but, you know, we came out of the 4th of July, amazing, amazing 4th of July. And, and I, I think under the conditions, uh, it was a really good weekend for all, uh, for all membership. I mean, we, I think we had about roughly, I'm just saying an estimated number opportunity, $250,000 for 4th of July weekend that was added money for our event. And then another 80,000 for breakaway roping and rodeo for our event. So when you combine the two of them, you know, you, you have a good over close to, you know, $400,000 offering to the membership over the week, over the fourth, you know, I mean, Brittany Posey did an amazing job. She's sitting the ranking number one uh, right now. And she's an example that I, I think is wonderful because she brings her horses up. She's got a herd of many young, young horses that she brings up to the level of where she's at, which I think that is such a nice, it's such a nice story for a woman like her uh, and what she does. So she's ranking number one. Um, over the fourth, I know that uh, Jill Wilson, I think, hit the hit the hit the mark of winning the most money uh, over the fourth. I think she won roughly around thirteen thousand over the fourth. Mm. Um, uh, and then I think um, a Canadian woman, I, I'm not sure if I know her too well, Shelby. Shelby, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. It's uh, I think it's like Bayer Bayer's. I can't pronounce it in French. I am sorry. I'm Italian, but I can't pronounce it in French. But she's got, she, she did an amazing job with the breakaway roping. Uh, she won, I think, over 9,000, if I'm not mistaken, something wow. like that in the roping for the weekend. And so, you know what? The girls are going. You know, they're going. They're, they're going to do the best that they can over this tough time. Now, I do have to say is under the COVID restrictions, it is doing it different. It's doing it different. And they're adapting to learn how to do it different. Is it easy for them? No. Is it frustrating? Yes. Um, but it's for every part of our life it is right now. So I do, if, if that's, you know, I can't speak for them, but I do see that the horses are really doing well. <laughs> they want to go. <laughs> they want to go. <laughs> you know, so anyway. So, yeah. And, you know, if you go back to like uh, March, April, and when everything was being shut down, and and then when we got into this little snowball rolling into events and getting into things, it, it really opened up a kind of a breath of fresh air that, wow, we're getting back on track. And now you're seeing, you know, the pro leagues with NBA and NHL, they're getting ready to start up like this NCAA tournament style of watching TV. Um, so the future looks as to your point, it's different. Things are different, but there's a, there's for the people at home, there's something that they can lean on or there's something they can watch. And it's just like what sports has always provided. What's your hope for the rest of the year. And as we go forward through this, I'm not asking you to predict this pandemic or some vaccine or anything like that, but just, of what you've seen, experienced, what, what do you see going all the way through to December? Well, you know what? I see coming into our, our rodeo year and September 30th, and I see going into the 21 year going to be a really strong year of 21. I do, I do see that for rodeo, for rodeo. I do believe that. I do think that we're all geared up, and I think every committee this year had made tough decisions so that the future is better for them. And I do believe that uh, financially, um, we we don't have an influx of of what we had last year. But I think it's going to take a little bit to grow to get back to normal again. Um, we have very positive outlook. Uh, we're positive. Hopefully, we're still going to have an NFR. We're positive on our finals, uh, wherever we can have them. We're positive on things and we just have to keep 
having that faith to be able to bring the things forward that what our, our associations really um, are made up of, you know, so I don't, I do have a positive outlook on the future. I really do. Um, but I do believe it will be different. And I keep saying, I believe it will be different. It's going to be an adjustment just like anything else uh, that we do um, on a personal level as well. And, um, and it's according to how do you adjust those things for the future? And I honestly, I believe <laughs> that there's something to be said for all of this. And I think um, in, in, in just having a positive outlook that we're going to get something really good out of this. That could come for all of our future, um, you know, for the future of everything and everybody. So you know, we've had a lot of people on that say the same thing and just a lot of learning curves oh. and um, just, yeah, George Taylor said the same thing. And well, really? I, yeah, Hey, I'll tell you this. Um, this was really cool getting to know you Doreen. This was uh it was a lot of fun spending time on this uh, Wednesday uh, midweek uh, pandemic world that we're in and talking to you and kind of learning a lot more about WPR and definitely about yourself. We want to thank you for coming on. I, I don't have much more for you, Brylan, Steve. I mean, I just have to say thank you, and I hope you have a great year competing because I'm sure you're ready to get back out too. I am. I am. I I don't have the time, but I am going to try to find the time. (laughs) But it's in my blood. Yes, the same for you as well. And guys, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Looking forward to doing this again. And um, yeah, keep in touch. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. We want to thank CEO of the WPRA, Doreen Wintermute, taking the time out of her busy schedule to appear on NFR Extra. And stay tuned for episode 57 when we sit down with two-time world champion, Brittany Positanazi. Want to experience more of the NFR? Then visit nfrexperience.com. And we invite you to subscribe to NFR Extra on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or wherever you're listening right now. If you like what you've been hearing on NFR Extra, we would love it if you gave us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe. NFR Extra. All dirt. All rodeo. All year. Gotta make it out to Vegas Where the big boys roam With the rovers and the racers And the bulls and the browns And the ladies in the skin-tight wrangers And the cowboy hats